I've never met a homeschooling mom or dad who didn't sometimes question their commitment to homeschooling. So many challenges come up that can fill us with doubts, unless we have a framework for keeping perspective. Today, homeschooling veteran Jennifer Smarsh is here to offer some tips for having confidence in your decision to homeschool. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and I am really excited to welcome my good friend Jennifer Smarsh to the program to talk about having confidence in your decision to homeschool. Jennifer Smarsh has been married to Dave for 31 years and has five daughters. Three of her adult children are married, and there are two grandchildren with two more on the way. Praise God. She has been homeschooling since 1998 with some experience with public, Catholic, and online charter schooling as well. And she is currently homeschooling her youngest, who is 12. Jennifer has served in various leadership roles within homeschool groups and communities over the years, and for three years was a consultant for Mother of Divine Grace School, which is based in Ojai, California. Jennifer is passionate about helping other homeschoolers, especially those just starting out. And you can reach out to Jennifer Smarsh here by his grace, js at gmail.com. That's in the show notes. Don't worry if you're driving or doing a chore or something while you're listening. We've got that for you. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. It's a gift and a blessing to be here today. So thank you for the opportunity. You're so welcome. It is just a joy. We have a lot of people in the trenches on this show, just real people, homeschooling moms who have been through it and are going through it. And so if you would just start us off so we get to know you a little bit better, Jen, do you have a kind of a general outlook or philosophy or guiding principle that helps you in your journey? (laughs) Well, of course, first and foremost is the faith, you know, bringing our children up in the faith, um, raising them for heaven. But in the day-to-day philosophy, I really wanted to move our children out of the box of education that schools tend to be and into a space where they can breathe and do their thing, you know, learn at their pace, learn at the level in which they are. Um, change curriculum based on their needs, just individualized education, you know, just being able to give them the space to learn in a way that they need to. Yeah, that's so honoring of their unique and unrepeatable souls and callings and all of that is just beautiful. Yeah, thank you for that. And and um, and so as we step into, you've been homeschooling since 1998. You know, that's 25 years of showing up and and getting hit by things and innovating and getting dropping to your knees in prayer. I have no doubt. Um, so so there's some wisdom that comes out of that. God is is very generous and He blesses us with that wisdom. So would you mind just giving us a, a, an example or two of times when you had serious doubts about staying the course with your homeschool commitment? Absolutely. So uh, doubts would come whenever I would start a new curriculum, especially if it seemed really overwhelming. You know, even if it's an all-in-one box curriculum, it's just overwhelming when you begin a new curriculum and thinking, okay, I can't do this, you know, and just taking it one step at a time. So those days and bad days, really bad days, you know, there are rough days and, you know, challenging days, but the days that were really, really bad 
I would dream of the big yellow bus, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Time to put them in school. You know, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I'm cut out for this. And, you know, those are just lies. But um, <laughs> uh, the bigger challenges were whenever a child of mine would have a learning issue that we needed to address. And this has happened a few times with different children over the years. And there was one time um, where things got really, really bad. And I, I actually texted my husband and, and said things like, when we have finished math, I feel like I've been through a war. It takes us hours to just do math. I have nothing left for the rest of the day. I feel despair. I feel angry. I feel exhausted. Just complete discouragement and defeat. And I kept one of those texts from many years ago to look back on now and then because I need to remind myself. It's, I think it's good to remind ourselves what we've been through when things get rough again, you know, so that you can then go back and say, okay, I've made it through this and remember what that was, you know, and, um, that was resolved. We, we figured it out, but not without a lot of prayer and intervention. But, um, those were the times that definitely make me feel like, I don't think I can do this anymore. You know, yeah. and, you know, even, even all these years in, to be really honest, about four years ago, I was sharing with some friends, um, in a, my last homeschool group before we made our move to Virginia that I had sent my husband another text just kind of as a joke, but I kind of half meant it. I quit. <laughs> One of those little bitmojis, you know, with a little sign that said, I resign. <laughs> you know, so just to be really honest, there's, there's, there are still those days. Um, so the doubts come yeah. in and, you know, we have to work through those still, even 25 years in. Yeah, and I want to just say thank you so much for saying that, Jen, because we live in this per picture-perfect Pinterest avatar world that makes it look like we're all failing if the house isn't perfect mm -hmm. and picturesque mm -hmm. and the kids aren't perfectly behaved. Yes. And if we're not sailing right through our lessons, we are still going to struggle, even with wisdom, even with experience. Right, right. And that's very true. And social media is really causing people to doubt themselves on a lot of levels, you know, parenting and uh, homeschooling, all of it, everything. People just see that and they come away discouraged and that's not where you're going to find your real support. Um, but somehow we get caught in that trap and, and then just feel discouraged. So yeah, yeah. About the Pinterest perfect, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And this lie, like you mentioned, lies. Uh, our spiritual enemy wants to tell us we're failures when, in fact, um, we can't see what God is doing with all the efforts we're making. True. And it's spiritually powerful that we're investing in our children at a time when so many forces want to separate children from their parents and from the love of that they get in their homes that's unlike any other love. So thank you exactly. for that. Important to call it is a battle. That it's a very big battle for sure. And we need to fight it. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our way of fighting is in the way that we're given in our vocations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you would, uh, Jen, since you worked as a, a coach for Mother Divine Grace for a few years, you really know what it is to accompany other moms and dads and grandparents probably too sometimes or yes. having you know maybe what are some typical struggles so we can recognize that we're kind of all in this together yes the first and foremost struggle that people deal with is is uh friends and family making them feel badly about what they're doing the decision to do this um the questions come you know the socialization question always comes up what about their socialization but what i have found over the years is how are you qualified are you, do you have a teaching degree? 
Why are you qualified to teach your children? Aren't you afraid something's going to fall through the cracks? And so what I would say to these things are first, um, it's always good to listen to advice from people that we love, friends, family members, our parents, but you and your spouse, between you and your spouse and God, that is the ultimate answer. You, you pray together, you take the advice, sift through it, pray together, and you get to make that decision. The other people in your lives, they don't get to make that decision for you. This is between you and God and, and your spouse. And the catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, paragraph 2223 says parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. And Corinthians 2 Corinthians 3 5 says the qualifications come from God alone. So we don't need a degree. We don't need a degree to teach our children. If you can read, you can teach your children. Nowadays, curriculum is so well laid out. You just simply need to read the directions and teach them what it says to do. And I don't mean that to say that it's easy, but it's, you do not need a degree and God gave us those qualifications. So if God has given us that responsibility and it's an honor to have that right to be the first teachers of our children. Why would he not give us everything we need to then accomplish those goals and to teach them? He won't fail us in that. He will not leave us. And so, um, you know, I think that's, that's my answer to the naysayers who say, are you qualified? You know, yeah. God qualifies us. So those are great answers. They're powerful answers. They just make me feel brave listening to them, honestly. Huh. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. What what else do you see as a common struggle? First off, first and foremost, people just kind of sowing doubt because they're they care about us, right? And they don't mean any right. harm, but they're having right. their doubts and they're trying to be like, oh, look out, look out, because they mm -hmm. don't really haven't stepped into it and and been right. through the discernment process with us. And if they've not experienced homeschooling, they don't know what that outcome could look like. They just don't understand that it is possible. But aside from that, um, just the self-doubt of being able to make it all work, uh, the logistics of a day, you know, especially the families with lots of children, just the chaos and how would I do that? And how would I do that with this child that I just don't get along with? And we hit heads and I hear that a lot. I could never do that. I don't know how you teach your child. I could never do that. Um, and I don't really know how I, I couldn't personally put my children back in school. We had our children in school for a while there and I don't understand that aspect. So the logistics again about the day, how will a day work? How will I teach these children when I have toddlers climbing all over the table and destroying their work and, you know, just all the running around and the chaos, just chaos, it's chaos in a big family, right? So <laughs> how will I do that? How will I make it happen? Um, so those are, these are the things that people run up against and, you know, it's going to look different for every family. There are different ways that you have to find to go about doing things. Some large families need co-ops. Um, I, at one point in my early years of homeschooling, would just do the schooling when our toddler was sleeping, you know, in the afternoon. That worked in those early years. In high school years, that's certainly not going to work. As they get older, the days get longer. But, you know, you just have to become creative and try to find different ways of doing things. And obviously support, you need the support. Um, with a homeschool group and friends who can help or family member who can step in and help. So, but it is possible. It is possible. I know a yeah. single mom who's a nurse and she 
still homeschools her child. She has figured out a way to work and keep a roof over their head and homeschool her because she doesn't want her in school. So anything is possible. That's amazing. That's positively heroic. God bless that. I don't know how she does it, but she does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all in a lot of different situations. There are a lot of working moms doing homeschooling. There are dads at home. Um, it's, you know, the family figures it out or the parent figures it out. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll be right back. We're talking about some of the most common problems that homeschoolers encounter that undermine their confidence. Uh, we're going to hear from our wonderful sponsors at Homeschool Connections, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. All right, we're here with Jennifer Smarsh, and we're talking about having confidence in your decision to homeschool. So what else? I mean, I, I know you were talking about the chaos of the family, and I know, like you, I know you well, Jennifer, so I know that you're good at routines and you have a lot of self-discipline. I'm the opposite. I tend to be kind of random and chaotic, and so it really helped me to be in other, like, co-learning, like you said, co-ops, or being at someone's house for activities, things like that. Like, sometimes my days were struck based on activities that were going to provide enrichment for my child mm -hmm. because it just wasn't very good at creating order. And she was an only child, too. I had a late-life baby, um, and so she was an only child. So we were always kind of seeking that community anyway. But could you just speak to that also, just kind of the family finding its own equilibrium? Or, you know, what are you seeing that helps the family that is, you know, tr struggling to create some sense of order? Well, again, the big families, they, they tend to definitely need more community and to stay busy. Um, and it's, it sometimes can get difficult because if you're so busy, you sometimes find, and I think that all new homeschoolers go through this where you need to be so busy because we have to socialize the children and we need the support. <laughs> you get so busy that you're actually forgetting to do the schooling. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not getting the actual work done because we're running all over doing all these activities. Um, however, everybody has to find what works for them. And co-ops are not something that I find helpful for my family. And that might be because of the fact that each of my children really needed some help individually for different various, you know, learning issues and, and just different things that we've had to, um, work through. But I know most of my, homeschool friends who have really large families really need that structure of a co-op or a hybrid school. So, you know, the hybrid schools you can go to, I believe it's two or three times a week. And then the other days you're at home. Um, but there are just so many opportunities out there. And I really recommend the support of a homeschool group. But this is not something we can do alone. You can't go it alone when you're homeschooling. The children will be isolated and you need the support from real friends, not you know, we were speaking of social media, you know, you need the the actual support from community. And sometimes it's enough to just do your work at home and go and do some activities, extracurricular activities with your homeschool community, or, you know, the sports in the local community. Uh, but it's extremely important to have that support of community. And those are the people who are going to take us by the hand and help move us forward and do the things that we need to do, accomplish those goals that we have. And 
you know, not feel alone, you know, because a lot of people really run up against their family not being supportive. So all the more reason you need community. And we just, it's just not something you can do alone when you need support. So I highly recommend support groups, you know, finding a good Catholic homeschool group. And if there's not a Catholic homeschool group, a Christian homeschool group, just something to have a place where your children can meet other children who are also being homeschooled so they don't feel isolated. And so you have that support. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I was, a, as I said, a late life mom. I was in my 40s being a mom for the first time. And boy, was I struggling. I mean, hormonally and everything else because right. of being at that point in my life that it really helped me. I mean, it soothed my soul and grounded me to be around the moms who were a lot more experienced, who had multiple children, who didn't sweat the small stuff. They helped me to be more compassionate, more practical and simple with my child. I would be up in my head overcomplicating everything and worrying myself sick, you know, and just being around other moms that had just been through a lot and learned some simple lessons. Oh my gosh, what a game changer. I became a much better mom and a better person just from being around these other moms. I agree with you. And especially with the more experienced moms, that is just such a gift those are the people who helped me to really believe that I could do this, you know, in the day to day and their encouragement and their experience really um, gave me hope. And they were my cheerleaders. You know, there's, there's a handful of ladies who just cheered me on when I was starting out. And I found, you know, in homeschool groups um, years ago when I first started and until very recent years, there was a, a lot of support online, you know, in, in the email loop. You could get on there and say, hey, this math is killing me. Does anybody have a recommendation? Or we need a new science. My child's bored by this, you know, or simply, can you pray for me today? Because I, I, I can't remember why I'm homeschooling and I really need some support. I am very frustrated. So anything from a prayer request to curriculum suggestions and the community really used to support each other a lot. And I'm sadly seeing some of that go away. Not that they don't support each other in person, but I I feel that most people are looking to social media and Pinterest and, you know, Instagram for answers. Everybody has a platform now. Anybody can be an expert at anything now. That's the way our society has set this up with social media. And so I'm noticing that young moms who are just starting out their homeschooling journey are not doing that. They're not reaching out and asking for help. And I become concerned thinking that maybe they're too afraid to because everybody else out there looks perfect. Everybody looks perfect on Facebook and Instagram and all of the social media outlets. And they're not seeing the real day-to-day challenges that these moms might be having. No one has it all together. I I told you 25 years in, I'm still having days <laughs> where I'm like, oh, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm ready to throw in the towel. So you never really arrive, just like life. We don't ever really arrive at perfection, this side of heaven, right? Yeah. So to think that we'll ever arrive and have a perfect day, perfect homeschooling journey is is actually setting us up for failure and to think that other people have reached that, especially young moms who are just starting out. I just, it it kind of boggles my mind a little bit what we're dealing with in social media. And I feel for those moms who see that and think, might be thinking, I don't think I can ask for help because I'll look like a failure. I just wonder if that's what they're thinking. 
Because I know if I was seeing a lot of that when I was younger, I certainly wouldn't have reached out for help. Because even these younger friends of mine seem to think they have it all together or they look like they have it all together. So I'm not going to dare reach out and ask for help because I'll look like a failure. And that's just really heartbreaking to me because we need help. We need support. Yeah. You know, I remember when we were first... Yes. I, I remember when we were first considering homeschooling. Actually, I wanted to when she was in the womb. I was already reading homeschooling books, but it took until after we completed the fourth grade to finally get a yes from my husband. But before that, we were finding time after school and sometimes getting permission to leave school early to be with the homeschoolers at their activities. So we uh-huh. were starting to make inroads socially with this really quite large homeschool network here on Long Island. But the kind of queen, the queen bee of our homeschooling network would invite everyone over to her house, and her house was often a mess. And I can't even tell you how consoling that was for me, that she was this person I admired so much. She was so gracious. She was knowledgeable. She was one of the founding members of this group that had started with just like two or three moms. And then it was, you know, at that point, over 100. Now it's over 500 uh, families. So, uh, yeah, so I was so impressed with her. And it was very, I think, I think there was a core of wisdom in her letting people see her mess that gave us all permission to ask her questions. I remember I called her one day and I was really upset because I thought I was failing as a mother with my daughter because something had happened. And 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 I had left her a message. So she called me back and she said, when I told her what was wrong, she started laughing. And she said, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, please. I hope I'm not hurting your feelings. But she says, you know, I have, you know, multiple children. I'm just happy if they have all their fingers and toes at the end of the day. <laughs> That's right. (laughs) That is great. That is perspective. (laughs) Yes, perspective is everything. (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah, that's a gift. Inspiration. I'm sorry, Jen. I was just going to finish your thought. Yeah. And then I'd love to hear from you. I'm sorry. I had the same situation with um, a mom who had started a homeschool group, the first homeschool group we were involved in. And it was maybe 15 moms and now it's over 400 might even be larger than that now, but same thing wisdom. And I just would reach out to her and she just always made me feel so much better. So, <laughs> Yeah. We got to do that. And it's hard. We have, we live in this weird it American is. culture that somehow makes us feel like we have to do it all ourselves. Just do it. You know, you're everything and you're your own God, practically that independent spirit. And it started off with, with, you know, kind of like the cowboy image when I was growing up that, you know, the loner, the go do it, the hero, but, but it can be very isolating and it's not healthy. It is isolating. You're right. And isolation is a fast route to, uh, you know, just throwing in the towel, failing. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have said failing, but just throwing in the towel and giving up, you know, Mm -hmm. because isolation is just a terrible place to be. So Mm -hmm. it just makes me sad to think that a mom is feeling isolated and afraid to reach out. Yeah. And I've known moms who have taken a break, put their kids back in school for the school year and gotten themselves in a better place and then tried again and did better. Right. Right. And the, and the kids were happy to come home. Right. Right. That's true. I've had neighbors who asked me, can you homeschool me? You know, they wish their parents <laughs> would homeschool them. I've had that over the years in many places oh. that we've lived. Mm. Oh. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So you had someone that you were able to reach out to, a wise mom. Um, 
in in general, who inspires you the most? Is there do you have kind of a hero or someone who's a guiding light for you? I would actually say that mom that we were just speaking about, um, a friend, Donna, who started that homeschool group and it just grew and grew and grew. And she's just always been so relaxed and I need relaxed. (laughs) I get very anxious about things. And as you know, and I just, I need that. And she was, she helped me to just breathe and realize you're not going to fail your child. It's okay. You know, she helped me to quiet those voices of the naysayers and all of those who are thinking, why would you shelter your children like that? Aren't you going to fail them? You know, all those questions. And she just brought me along, you know, she just took me by the hand and brought me along. And so she, I think of her often still, so we're still in touch. And I think of her often and without her, I don't know that the beginning of my journey would have gone as well as it did, you know, even with the rockiness of it, um, she really encouraged me to stay the course. Yeah. And, and and I'd like every mom who's just starting out or or if you're in a rough patch to think about how God will use the strength that you will find through grace in persevering or even in being humble enough to know when you need to take a break, that you will be able to bless someone else with that wisdom someday. That you can trust him. Right. He's faithful and he's very generous. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there was another verse that I wanted to share from Thessalonians. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.24. And it says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. If he's called us to this, he's going to help us persevere. He's going to give us the grace. It's all grace. I couldn't have done anything I've done over these years without bucketfuls of grace. (laughs) (laughs) Like St. Therese says, it's all grace. Everything is grace. I believe that's Mm. her quote. Everything is grace. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, and that's that place of power. Um, St. Paul says, uh, when I am weak, then I am strong. If we know for a fact that he's carrying us, that he's doing the heavy lifting, then it's not mm-hmm. as scary that it feels bumpy and uncomfortable. It just isn't. We know that he's going to do more than we even can see that he's doing, but we can also ask him. Like when I have a discouraging day, I'm not homeschooling now, my daughter's uh, postgraduate, Um but we can just say, Lord, show me what you're doing. And sometimes I know mm-hmm. God will just show me a moment of grace with a child, with a, my husband, with the work that I do. Um, we can ask for encouragement too. Yes, absolutely. You have to ask for the graces for mm-hmm. sure. 100%. Yes. Yeah. So when you think about habits of mind or, or actual habits, routines, or techniques, how, what would you recommend for just in general keeping motivation strong? Um, for motivation, I think the mindset of what the ultimate goal is, what is your ultimate goal? Is your ultimate goal to, you know, give them a good education, to graduate them, to go to a really good school? What, what are your ultimate goals? And, and we need to know that going in. And for us, the goal is heaven. And I think most Catholics would agree with that. The goal is heaven. And uh, my my personal consultant with Mother Divine Grace years ago said to me, remember the goal is heaven, not Harvard. And that was huge to me because when your child just isn't getting a concept, no matter how hard you've tried, and you're just thinking, how am I going to get this child through school? How, how are they going to do when they graduate and go to college or will they go to college? It's The goal is not that. The goal is to be close to God and to be with him right? And uh, 
in the catechism, right? What is our purpose here on earth to know, love, and serve God in this life so we can be happy with him in the next? That is the ultimate goal. So I think we have to ask ourselves, what is our goal? What is our personal goal for your family, for your child? I like to think broad like that. You know, the ultimate goal is heaven. And that's what we're doing in raising our children. Um, but, you know, having a framework and being able to work within that for the day to day, you know, and being a little bit more relaxed. So you have your, your curriculum and your plans, but that's a framework, but being okay to move within that. It doesn't have to be perfect. If you have a syllabus, that doesn't have to rule you. It doesn't own you. The syllabus is a guide to give you an idea of what to do next. You don't have to be caught up in that. Um, and so just kind of keeping perspective and knowing when to take a break. You know, if the day is not going well, it's okay to let it go. It's okay to just, you know, let it go and go play with your child. Or you can, if you really feel like you need to continue with educational things, do fun educational things. Go outside and take a walk and observe nature. Watch an educational movie, play an educational game. There are so many ways you can take a break from the the normal school day and still have fun. But it's also okay to just know when you need a break or when your child needs a break and to take that. So just kind of keeping that mindset, the ultimate goal, you know, knowing when you or your child needs a break and just keeping within the framework, but loosely not, you know, it doesn't have to be every little box is checked, which is hard for someone like me. I'm a box checker. I like to do that, but I've had to learn over the years. It just doesn't work that way. All of our children are different. Each child is different. Every time I thought, I am just killing it with this. I've found our groove. I understand this child's learning style. I've got this. And then the next child comes along and I start teaching <laughs> them and, oh, they learn completely differently or they have completely different interests. Have to start <laughs> all over. You have to find a completely different, you know, method or what, you know, curriculum for that child or style. So, you know, it keeps us humble too. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it also teaches you and teaches your children to have compassion for yourself. And that's, that can be really that's hard true. in our fast paced comparative culture. Am I better than ever, someone or am I lagging behind? If we have compassion for ourselves and we can go with the flow a little bit at times and just go, you know what, maybe I'm butting up against this because today's not the day. You know, maybe it's time right. to have a little fun or get outside or whatever that is. That's right. they're absorbing that mental health lesson and that Absolutely. spiritual health lesson of, yeah, we're hitting our heads against a brick wall. Let's let's back away. Let's put right. me, you know, and it also I think makes way for us to have more trust in God's provision. That if I can't do it today, he sure can. And maybe I just get out of his way a little bit. That's exactly right. And then when you come back from that break, you're usually refreshed and you know, sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's a week. You know, I have other friends that will homeschool year round. I, I personally don't care for that approach because I like the summer breaks, but you know, they do six weeks on and a week off. You know, they take long breaks throughout the entire year. So you just have to find what works for you and your child and your family's um, lifestyle, really. Yeah, so, I love that because yeah. some of our moms and dads travel for work and sometimes they take their families with them. And so exactly. the learning opportunities can be incredibly varied and, and involve Absolutely. visiting historical sites and things like that. Exactly. And those are wonderful hands-on opportunities and living life is educational for our children. You know, sometimes you have to stop because 
Um, you know, you have a sick, you know, when my parents were, when I lost my dad and when my mom was sick, that was part of their learning. You know, we stop and we take care of grandma and, you know, bring her to her chemo and go cheer her on and uh, do what we need to do for her. That's life, bringing meals to someone or in just helping other people. That might not be the book work, but that's life lessons. And they need that probably more than they need the book work, right? So Amen. life experience is a huge factor here. And we have the blessing of being able to do that as homeschoolers. We have that flexibility to take a trip or to pause and care for someone in need, you know, um, a family member, or a friend in need or something. So, you know, that's, that's part of life and it's teaching them lifelong lessons and they wouldn't get that in school. Amen. Amen. They're age segregated, whereas in a family, you're all different ages learning to work together. Um, some of the things that we've heard from from college admissions people about homeschoolers is that homeschoolers arrive able to look professors right in the eye and be comfortable with people of a lot of different ages and backgrounds and to be independent spirits when it comes to doing their work and staying curious and loving the learning. Um, and and so we're, they're absorbing so much and they're better campus citizens because they have been grown up with this kind of compassion. They've gone to, right. they've helped out, you know, their younger brother and sister so mom could take grandma to chemo or whatever that was. The, when I teach for Homeschool Connections, this authentic beauty course for young girls, and they tell stories, like they tell me things that are remarkable that they do mm. with their families that are so compassionate, right. so good for their communities. It's very, very touching how much this kind of flexibility of being human, of walking out the faith together, teaches extraordinary, priceless lessons. Yes, I agree. I agree. And just being able to communicate with anyone from a young child to an elderly person and everybody in between. And in school, as you said, they're segregated. It's just, you know, they only learn how to speak to their peers and the one teacher, you know, and, and that's just not how life works. You know? <laughs> no, we're they're better socialized. <laughs> right, exactly. So people are yeah. worried about the socialization and they're actually more socialized and, and better socialized in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, you see school kids. I don't want to rank on school kids because there's a lot of good happening there, too, and some wonderful, Absolutely. dedicated teachers. Absolutely. But they tend to be, like you said, they're just acclimated to one age group, and they're maybe even a little suspicious or uncomfortable or embarrassed to socialize mm -hmm. with someone maybe younger or whatever. But they're also glued to their phones when they, they're all in a room together. They're mm -hmm. often looking at their, they may be texting each other in the same room. Exactly. It's remarkable. It is. It is. It's a really interesting world we're living in right now, isn't it? Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you've used the expression in our conversations prior to this recording about staying the course. What would you like to say mm -hmm. about that, Jen? We can't do this without God. We can't do it without community. Everything is grace. He needs to be at the center of this journey. He just does every problem that we've had over the years, whether it's a learning issue or, or anything with our children, it hasn't been fixed without taking it to prayer. I take my curriculum to prayer. You know, I, this isn't working. I need to change up how I'm teaching this child, you know, name a subject, math, reading, whatever it may be. I need wisdom on how to reach her, you know, and I have all girls, so that's why I keep saying she and her. <laughs> I need to reach her, Lord. How do I do that? So you have to keep God at the center 
um, it's, they're his, he cares about them more than I do, right? More than we do for our children. He cared more. So he is going to be faithful in helping us to meet those needs. And it's more about the child's individual need than, than the book work. The, the schooling, the education is important, but bringing that child along and just keeping him at the center for how to do that is crucial, in my opinion. Yeah, amen to that. I love that you said the individual child, because I know families where one child was reading literally as they were learning to walk. I know a family where an 18-month-old was sight-reading words at 18 months. Yeah, it was crazy. Whereas another child doesn't start reading till they're about seven. They're not really interested yet. And then they're reading chapter books in no time. So it's like this strange thing of God has uniquely wired each child and trusting that and not hitting your head against a brick wall. Maybe like some families I've known have put off doing math until the child showed an interest. And and one in one family, the kid who was about maybe 11 started reading math theory books. And then once he got excited about math theory, started asking to do things like algebra. Like it was unbelievable. Like those are the kind of outlier experiences. We're not all going to experience things like that. But just to have confidence that God sees the plan better than we do, that that dropping to our knees in prayer, that bringing everything to him. He sees Mm -hmm. what we don't, like his ways are better his 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 plans are better his thoughts are higher right i think that's isaiah 55 or something like that yeah yeah anything else you want to leave us with jennifer just what else the holy spirit's placed on your heart to share um i i think that i would just have to reiterate that the goal is bigger you know it's heaven and who do we want spending those hours with our children i i did some quick calculations a while back and if you spend your child spends about 180 days in school, seven hours a day, approximately. It's different state to state, um, but this is general and from states that I've lived in. So seven hours a day, five days a week, 180 days a year equates to 1,260 hours in that year, 13 years because kindergarten in most places now is full day, 16,380 hours. Do we want someone else raising our children and spending that much time with them? That's just instructional time. It's not bus time, school activities, extracurricular activities. The world will raise our children if they're in school that long. And I know that some people, um, I want to be careful how I choose my words here because I don't want to completely knock, you know, education in a school building, brick and mortar. Some people have to do that or feel that they have to do that. There are good schools out there. Um, But in general, the way our world is right now, that's a frightening statistic to me. 16,000 hours away from home just for instructional time. So you have to ask yourself when you're ready to throw in the towel because you're frustrated or you don't think that you can do this job, do you want someone else doing that job for you when God's given you that right and responsibility to be the first teacher of your child? It's a lot of hours mm-hmm. to have yeah. your child not with you. Yeah, I remember my uh, queen bee hero in homeschooling used to say, and it was a, a little bit for shock value, but but at the heart of it, she meant it. She said, just based on what she had seen of our kind of Long Island schools, and I don't, and again, I'm not knocking them all, there are good schools. But she said, even if you stayed home and just played cards with your kids all day, you'd be teaching them more and better lessons than they're learning in school. And so, yes, that was an extreme thing to say. 
um, and she wasn't being literal. But at the same time, it was your home is so blessed. Your domestic church is so blessed. You mm -hmm. know, what you're teaching them from the first time you meet that newborn in your arms, they're learning from you. There's nothing right. more blessed. Right. Well, better to teach their children than the parents, right? People who it's, love them. God doesn't make mistakes, right? <laughs> <laughs> amen, he chose amen. that. He chose that relationship, so he will see it through. Yeah. Jen, thank you so much. I find this conversation so consoling about really any endeavor that we undertake in obedience to God. If we feel he's calling us to do something, as you said, he's faithful. He's going to provide. And, uh, and I feel like we all need to hear this about wherever we're saying yes to God. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jen. Thank you for your time in the midst of a busy day. I really want to get you back. You've got, we've got lots of other things to talk about. And uh, everybody, this is Jennifer Smarsh. We've been talking about having confidence in your decision to homeschool. And I've got her email address, byhisgracejs at gmail.com. That's in the show notes. And uh, I've also got her Facebook link for you in case you want to pop in and follow her or reach out to her that way. Um, God bless you all. Thank you for being with us. We are praying for you. Please pray for us too. Thank you, Lisa. It was a joy, Jen. Thank you. Bye now. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.